Good morning, everyone. How are you today? Wonderful. Would you welcome everybody watching on the internet right now as well? God bless you wherever you are. Good morning. A uh, couple of things, and I'll get into the scriptures this morning. Uh, we will be having a new members class that you can sign up for on the Calvary Lando app. I believe it starts July 20th. It's three Wednesday nights. That, that creates the entirety of the class. So it's not just one of those three, it's all three. So we're asking you to set aside three sessions on a Wednesday night. Myself and Maria will be teaching those classes. And one of the reasons that's important to us is so that we can be in a smaller environment with you. You can ask us questions. We can share from our heart, vision, where we're going, kind of explain things in the church. So you really get a good idea of who we are, what we do, where we're going. And as God sends your heart into this mission with us, you can really commit long-term to see this thing come to pass. And so I would love to invite you, if you've not yet taken that step of membership, to click on that Calvary Orlando app, register three nights, Wednesday night, July 20th, 27th, August 3rd. The August 3rd one will be a fellowship dinner where we're going to be inviting some of our legacy members to join us to be there to answer questions and tell you some of their long stories of of being here a part of Calvary for years and years. And why would someone be committed to a church for decades in a culture that doesn't do that anymore? You know what? It, it's worth committing and building a community that can withstand the test of time. Amen? And so that's what we're looking for, members that have vision for the long term and to help us build something that lasts until Jesus comes. Amen? All right. Well, real quick, I want to give my real quick thank you to Pastor Manny and Mimi for their love and support. Uh, Pastor Manny, when I first came on, actually when our family first arrived here, one of the things Manny's really good at is he's, he's good at finding new families and saying, I'm going to help walk with you and be a brother or be a friend and help you get established in this place. You have helped so many people in this place find a family. Both of you have walked with so many families and you've been there pastorally, as a brother, as a sister, and you've just been a tremendous blessing to this church and you've been faithful. And so we just wanted one more time. I wanted you to hear me say how grateful I am to the Rosarios. And we're excited about your future. All right. Let's get into the scripture today. Go and open up your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of John, chapter 14. The book of John, chapter 14. I want to talk to you about the Helper, the Holy Spirit. We're in a series on the Holy Spirit. And today I want to open our hearts and open our eyes to the help that we have in the Holy Spirit. Someone say, help me, Holy Spirit. And then declare, I am not alone. Help me, Holy Spirit. And I am not alone. You know, while we're watching the news unfold and we're watching the world around us, there is like a, a real defining moment, I think, that we're living in right now. And the world is seeing the separation between darkness and light. And the church needs to not play games with God and with the, the promises and the power that God has put in it. Our world needs the church to awaken to who it really is. We have told stories to ourselves. We have played games with the church. We have kind of tap danced around the things of God. Our world is in desperate need for the body of Christ filled with God's spirit and his power and anointing and wisdom, amen, to enter the generation, to step onto the field 
And so the things we discuss, the things we teach, the things we open our Bibles and see with our eyes, it is so important that we do not receive them as just sermons or just we're going to church to hear a good word, but that we're seeing them as instruction manuals, amen, seeing them as what you're capable of and what we're responsible to do and to bring into this world. The church is not void of power. The church has the answers, amen. The church has the power and the ability of God. We are the conduits of God's life into a dying world. Amen. And so this idea of the helper, this idea of the Holy Spirit, we must become really comfortable and well-versed with the Holy Spirit in our lives, present in our lives. If we don't know how to link into the power of the helper, how can we help a world that needs to link into the power of a helper? If we see the Holy Spirit as just a fictional Sunday school character or just a label in the Trinity, rather than an ever-present help in time of need that we know how to lean on and get results, that we know how to walk with and hear from and navigate despite what circumstances may see, how can we help another human being, whether our children or grandchildren or our coworkers and neighbors, to find the same power and freedom? We must be led by the Holy Spirit. We must engage with the Holy Spirit of God. Christianity, I guess I'm going really fast right now, so catch up with me. Christianity is not just about being forgiven of your sins. You were forgiven and made holy. Someone say holy. Why were you made holy? So you could contain and receive the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. So that you could be in the presence of God and you could carry the presence of God. You ever thought about that? Why were we made holy? We were made holy to be a vessel to carry His holiness, to carry His Spirit. Amen. We need to get out of guilt and shame and get on with the call of God on our lives. The Holy Spirit is your helper. He's your helper. He's my helper. And He's here to help. John chapter 14, have you found it? I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Classic Version which means it's gonna have a lot of extra words in it if you're not used to the different translations of the Bible. The Amplified Classic, basically they take the verse and they begin to insert different extra Greek words in there to kind of expound the meaning, to kind of expound the thought behind that verse to kind of help us out. So in this verse, it's gonna be longer than you might be familiar with, but I hope you get some of the, the depth of what's being said in this promise. John chapter 14, this is Jesus speaking. Verse 16 through 18, Jesus says, I will ask the Father, he will give you another comforter. That word comforter there is then defined as counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. Let me say that again, because I want you to see the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I have the Holy Spirit in my life. Well, the Amplified begins to help you see how he comforts you. He's your comforter, great. Is he comforter, is he like a big blanket? He's just giving me a big hug. How is he a comforter in my life? Well, let me tell you how he's a comforter. One, he helps. How many of you know we need a little help sometimes? That's comforting, right? To know, remember what I said, I am not alone. I got some help. And my help comes from the Lord. Somebody say amen. My help doesn't just come from my degree. My help doesn't just come from social media, Facebook friends that try to give me counsel. My help comes from a higher source. My help comes from the Lord. The Lord of what? The Lord of heaven and earth. Amen. 
Your help, my help, that, that help isn't just promised to the preacher. That help's not just promised to some holy spiritual person that you think is better than you. Your help, my help, we are the body of Christ. Our help comes from the who? The Lord, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's armies. Amen, Lord of all. He's my comforter because he's my counselor. Brings me counsel. He's my helper. He's my intercessor. Someone is interceding for you and what's happening all around you and in your life. Isn't that great? And that's the Lord himself is interceding on your behalf. He's an advocate. He's for you. He's a strengthener. And he's standing by. I love that. He's our standby. Isn't that good? That he may remain with you forever, the scripture says. So God will send the comforter that he may remain with you. How long? Forever. Forever. And I want to encourage you today because I believe sometimes we still get into that old dialogue in our head that when we mess up, when we make mistakes, the Holy Spirit leaves somehow. In his disappointment, in his judgment, somehow he takes off. And until you get yourself perfect again, he's not coming back. My friend, that's a lie. He's not much of a help when you fail, he bails on you. Come on now. Don't tell me that we haven't thought that before. Because sometimes we still try to qualify ourselves. We never qualified ourselves to receive the Holy Spirit. We never made ourselves holy enough. That's the blood of Jesus. That's the forgiveness from Christ. And when you make mistakes and you sin and you fail, it's not when the Holy Spirit leaves you. Not much of a help if he leaves you when you fail. Come on. But that he's your ever-present help in time of need. He is for you, not against you. He's here to help you up and over that sin pattern, up and over that bondage, to be the chain breaker, to make you free and to keep you free, that he will never leave you. He will remain with you, the Bible says, forever. Isn't that great? That should give you confidence. Because when you feel like God ran away from you, you know that's a lie, he didn't leave. But you're like, I don't feel his presence, doesn't matter, because by faith, the Holy Spirit is still with me and he's walking with me. And I don't care what my feelings tell me right now. I don't care what my head tells me right now. He is with me. He will never leave me or forsake me. He is my helper. Somebody say, help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. And I am not alone. Amen. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, the world cannot welcome, take him to heart because it does not see him or know him or recognize him. Why? Because the world is spiritually dead. When you were in the world, you were spiritually dead. You were blinded and your mind was blinded by the God of this world, the Bible says. But when you come to Christ, those blinders fall off. I was blind, but now I see. Isn't that great? Sometimes you try your best to help individuals understand what it means to give your life to Jesus and what it means to see these things. But until they, by faith, just say, all right, Jesus, take me. But the moment he takes them, they finally see. It's sometimes there's just things you will not see until you say yes to Jesus. Amen? It does not see him or know him or recognize him, but you know him. You recognize him, for he lives with you constantly. 
and he will be in you, Jesus prophesying about that day of Pentecost. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, or helpless. I will come back to you. When Jesus ascended, when he went to heaven, he was saying, I am not abandoning you. You are my family. I am not abandoning you. I'm not leaving you orphaned. I am sending the helper. I am sending myself in the person of the Holy Spirit. Let's redefine who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is not a spirit from God. He is what? The Spirit of God. Isn't that wonderful? So the helper that you have is not just an angelic helper. It is God covenanting and promising himself because he binds himself to his word. He's promising himself in the person of the Holy Spirit to be your helper. Isn't that great? It's not just Gabriel or Michael, although those, those angels would be great. Sometimes we think, man, if I had this archangel of warfare, battle, Michael, you know, if I had Gabriel, that would be great. You know what? You have the Holy Spirit of God himself as your helper. God didn't, God loves you so much, he didn't trust you just to an angel. He wanted to be your helper himself himself. He's your designer. He's the one that purposed and planned for your life. He's the one that desired to have mankind to be his children. He's not going to trust you to someone or something. He's only going to trust you with himself in the help of the Holy Spirit. Some of the key things in this passage of Scripture, please write these things down in your notes, just some things that remain that are pretty powerful in this passage. Number one, he remains with you forever. I just want you to catch that. He remains with you forever on your good days, on your bad days. The Holy Spirit is there ready to help. The Holy Spirit with all that he is, is there ready to help. He remains with you forever. This, number two, the Spirit of God himself is the one that's with you. Just write these things down. It is the Spirit of God himself that is your helper, not an angel, himself. Number three, he commits himself to be helpful to you. I love that. Do you hear that? That's what Maria was saying a little while ago about the scripture. No one made God say these things. We did not write these things. These things were written as the Spirit of God moved upon individuals to write them. And God, through the written word, God through Jesus speaking these things, God promises himself to you to be your help, to be your standby, to be your advocate, to be your strengthener, God himself, and I say it very specifically, covenants himself because he binds himself to his word. If God says it, he means it, it is established. His word that he speaks will perform that which he sends it out to perform. He's not like us. He's not a man that he should lie. God doesn't say things just to make you feel good about yourself. You know, sometimes as human beings, it's like, hey, does this make me look good? You're like, yeah, that makes you look good. Do these jeans make me look fat? It's not the jeans, you know what I'm saying? The jeans are fine. You know, you're trying to figure out what you can say, but we say untruthful things. We, we say things to make people feel good. God doesn't. God says what he means, and he means what he says. And so God has committed himself to be your help, to be helpful. Why? Why would God, the God of the universe, cares so much about my life or your life that he would pay that much attention. 
Why wouldn't he just say, hey, I saved you, I forgave you, I'll catch you on the flip side when you get to heaven one day? But you need help, and I need help. And everything in our life that concerns us concerns him, because he cares about those things. He cares about the hairs on our head. Are you understanding this? You're like, I need help with my marriage. I need help with my children. I need help in finance. I need help in healing in my body. I need help with what to do with this situation. Praise God, you are connected to God himself, which means your help is, is God, and he is not limited. He is not limited. Can we get excited about this? Let's... And like I said, why? Because our world needs some help. Our world needs to see people who know how to receive help or find help. When our colleges and universities have failed us, when government thoughts and leaders have failed us, when family, the structure of family has failed us, our, we didn't have moms or dads, maybe some of you in your life that led you or mentored you. And so they, those systems have failed us. Are you understanding this? But God Almighty will not fail you. His wisdom will not fail you. His truth will not fail you. And he has not left you to the circumstances. He has not left you to the circumstances. He has, he has promised himself to you. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. They are higher. And that's not him saying, my ways are higher, therefore I'll never tell you what they are. Sometimes we've used that verse incorrectly. When we have questions that don't have answers, we're like, well, you know, his ways are not our ways. God's basically saying, nothing. No, when he says, my ways are not your ways, he's saying, I have ways higher than your ways. I have thoughts higher than your thoughts. I have answers that you in your human mind cannot see or conceive, but I am not limited to your experiences. And if necessary, I'll create something new that no one's ever seen. But I am your helper. I care about you succeeding. Are you hearing this? And he doesn't limit it into just business that looks like religious business or church business. He says, I am your help in all things concerning your life. Because that's what shalom is, isn't it? Shalom is total prosperity not just spiritual prosperity, but physical prosperity, marital prosperity, mental prosperity. Are you hearing me? Financial prosperity. And you have help. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Come on now. Say, help me, Holy Spirit. Say, I am not alone. And I just want us to declare that over and over again throughout the day that we have to, you know, remember that phrase, stand by, right? The Holy Spirit is standing by. And there is an act of faith that triggers and it's calling out. It's asking, it's engaging, it's listening, expecting. So today is about saying, help me, Holy Spirit. I'm, I've been doing it on my own. I've been trying to resolve these things on my own. I love you with my heart, but I've been living this life on my own. And you don't have to do that. There's a lot of Christians that love God with all their heart, but they don't engage God into their circumstance. He's out there somewhere. He's about eternity. He's about saving us from hell. He's about the future. I'm telling you, your God is your ever-present help in your time of need. He's not just about tomorrows, he's about today and tomorrow. Amen.
So he's our comforter. The Spirit comforts us by being these things in our lives, those things that we just defined. So let's go through some of them. He's our helper. Whatever you need help with, do we ask? Again, sometimes we categorize our asks to the Lord. We categorize them into spiritual things. I need help with sin. I need help with something that I need a miracle in. The Holy Spirit says he's your helper. My personal belief is that he doesn't limit it on purpose. That anything you would put your faith in him to help with, he'll respond to your faith in that area. Because God responds to faith. College student, maybe you're going into some big tests next year. Can you pause in your studies for a moment and open up your heart and say, Holy Spirit, can you help me remember this stuff? Can you help me re-explain it and understand it and comprehend it? Because God, you're the one that formed all the material realm anyway, which means you know biology, which means you know the economy, which means you know math, amen? No matter how many times they change math, God still knows it, hallelujah. God knows new math, old math, he knows math. And sometimes you can speak in tongues throughout a math test. Are you hearing me, church? But we're like, no, 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 I've got to, this is my college, this is my university, this is my church stuff. We need to remove the veil, the separators that we create between our world and God's world. He's your help, and he leaves it in that large category. What do you need help with? I need help with the business, God. I need help figuring out how to turn this company around. But that doesn't sound like, you know, that doesn't sound like spiritual help. It doesn't sound like churchy help. Yeah, it does. You know why? Because you're the church. It's not what happens in this building. It's what happens in your life. And if it concerns you, it concerns the church because you're the church. You're his body. Are you hearing me? Raising kids, that's the church. Doing business, that's the church. Are we changing our thinking here? So with the Holy Spirit helping you succeed in whatever is prohibiting you or buffeting you or challenging you is him advancing the church. That's awesome. Yes, it is, Pastor Kevin. I know, right? <laughs> intercessor. He's our intercessor. Open your Bibles to Romans 8. Romans 8. He helps us. He even helps us pray. Somebody say amen, please. I love this. The power of prayer. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. I love that. Because we are weak sometimes. We can, to be truthful, I'm probably weak more than I'm strong sometimes. I get, I, I, and, and the Bible talks about some of that weakness is just not knowing what to do. And that's this scripture here. It helps us in our weakness because we don't know what even to pray. Have you ever been there in your life? Someone you love is suffering and you're like, God, I don't even know what to pray. I don't even know what to ask right now. Or finances are overwhelming and, and your emotions want to say one thing, but you know God has promised and you're like, God, I don't even know what to do with my fear right now of finance. I don't even know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. My weakness 
He's like, don't even know what to pray right now. And here the Bible says the Holy Spirit begins to help us in our weakness, and he begins to assist us even in praying. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. You know, we've got some complicated issues going on in this nation, and we need to pray the will and mind of God on how to heal this thing, on how to change this thing. Amen. Because if we just pray our emotions or we just pray our opinions, we may miss it. We may get it right, but we may not get it right. We may be decreeing one thing that we think will solve the problem, but it's really deeper than that, and this is what needs to happen in order to solve this crisis of morality in our nation. That's why it's important that we don't just pray with our own understanding, but the Spirit takes up with our prayers, and He prays His will through our mouth. Amen. Over your kids, over this nation, over your business, See, we're limited, we're human beings, we have a weakness because we don't know everything, we don't see everything, we don't understand everything, but we're connected to the one who does, who knows everything, who sees everything. He's omnipresent, he's omniscient, all those things. And he joins up with you and helps you and assists you to pray the right prayer the most right prayer, the most effective prayer, the most powerful prayer. I also love that that really puts an emphasis on prayer because it means prayer matters. Prayer is not just religious function. Prayer is changing circumstances and situations. Prayer is charting the course of your life and our nation and the future. And you know what? Only the body of Christ has that permission and power. That's what I'm saying, church, is time. We cannot just pretend with these things. We cannot just put these things in the background narrative. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is why we exist. We're the salt. We're the light. We cannot lose our saltiness. We cannot lose our savor. We cannot lose our brightness. Are you understanding? The world needs us to shine in this season, in this time. But we have to be practicers of this word. Amen. He helps as he prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Verse 27, and the Father who knows the hearts of what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. And that knowing comes after having let the Spirit pray through our lives. He's our intercessor. Say intercessor. You know, Jesus prayed for Peter. Before Peter blew it, before Peter was being tempted, before he betrayed the Lord, Jesus said, Peter, I've already prayed for you that your faith wouldn't fail when the devil comes in to sift you. Do you understand God is for you? He is not trying to remove you. He's not trying to watch you fail. He is giving you everything you need for life and godliness. And the Holy Spirit is there interceding for us, through us, and for us. For your future, for your kids, even things when you pray in the Spirit. We'll talk about this in a future service. He is praying things out of your mouth that your brain doesn't realize yet because he knows you can't get there yet, but he wants it to come to pass even though you can't even think or imagine of what it is. God loves you so much. 
God is for you, not just kind of for you. God is completely for you, his child. Isn't that awesome? Sometimes we have this idea that he kind of barely tolerates, you know, that he kind of, you know, accepts us in, but he's kind of waiting for us to get kicked out. Your God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? But doesn't the devil love to make you unstable and double-minded? Is God for me? Because now all these things that are against you, you're battling on your own. But you're not alone. I have the help of the helper, the Holy Spirit of God, and I am not alone. The question is, am I asking for the help? Am I making space for the help? Am I leaning on the help? Amen. He's our intercessor, he's our helper, he's our advocate. Romans 8.31, same chapter we were just in, the Bible just says it again, if God be for us, who can be against us? Your God is for you. Strengthener, the Bible says, he's our strengthener. Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. Open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. A final word, the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his power, not yours, not your power, not my limited ability. I don't care how many push-ups I do, I will not be strong enough to do most of the things my life is called to do. And you are not in the flesh strong enough to do most of the things you are called to do but you have strength in the Lord. You know, even times when we go through some really tough stuff, when you bury someone you love, like when my mom passed away, or, or even you get news of one of your children having special needs or a physical disability or whatever, people ask you, how do you do that? How do you, how do you manage that kind of thing? I don't do it in myself. How do, you, how do you lead a church? How do you lead a business? How do you go through what you go through? You may have children that are, you know, addicted to something or have done some things that are just traumatic. How do we do this? How do we have strength? Our strength comes from the Lord. It's not engineered by ourselves. It's not us just telling ourselves confident things in the mirror. You're good looking, you're strong, you're capable, you're all these things. It comes from the Lord. There is an anointing, and that anointing is the person of the Holy Spirit because I'm not alone in raising a special needs child. I'm not alone in the call of God on my life to lead this. You're not alone in the business God has called you to do. You're not alone raising those teenagers that may be off course right now. You're not alone when someone hurts you or leaves you or forsakes you or when a loved one passes away. You're not alone. The presence of God is with you. God's strength, God's himself, not an angel, but God himself and the person of the Holy Spirit is with you, strengthening you, breathing life into you, comforting you, amen. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And as we get older one day, all of us, as we get older one day and our human strength fails us, some of the mightiest people in the earth 
Their bodies do not show you how strong they are, but if you could see them in the Spirit, they are mighty men and women of God, giants of faith, moving mountains, not with the strength of their arm, but with the strength of their faith in the person of the Holy Spirit of God and in His Word. When they pray, angels stand up straight and salute. When you see them, you think, oh, that's just grandma. That's not just grandma, that's general grandma. That's general grandfather. Amen. They're, don't look at the outward appearance to see their strength. Their strength comes from the Lord. Their strength comes from the Lord. How do we endure tough times? How did our grandparents make it through great recessions and political traumas and problems throughout the earth? How did they continue? Their strength came from the Lord. Amen. And I want to remind us of that. God didn't put the burden of this life in this world on your shoulders. He put it on his. Amen. There is a helper in the Holy Spirit. There is a helper that's being made available to each and every one of us. Are we utilizing? Are we expecting? Are we crying out? Are we asking and, and giving space for the helper to help? Strengthener, stand by. Stand by. Standing by. Standing by. I always thought that was an interesting, like, description. But then it makes sense because God offers us promises. God offers us his help. But he doesn't just swoop in. Like there is a, a measure of faith required. You have a free will. Are you understanding? You have a free will. And if we don't open that door and say, Holy Spirit, help. Holy Spirit, I'll trust your word. Holy Spirit, give me your strength. I, I lean not on my own understanding. I acknowledge you. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your strength. Help me today, Holy Spirit. We have the ability to do it on our own. God gives us that permission, right? He gives us that free will to do this thing on our own. Doesn't mean it's right, doesn't mean it's successful, doesn't mean it works, but we have the ability to do it on our own. And God's standing by. Do you see the difference? God's standing by. And what we have to do as believers is reach and say, all right, Holy Spirit, step in front, lead. Do what you said you were gonna do. I'm, I'm watching you, I'm listening to you, I'm expecting you, I'm giving you space. It reminds me, I don't, this is just me, but it reminds me of when I was in like junior high when the WWF wrestling was huge when I was a kid in junior high. I think it's called something else now, but WWF wrestling. Anyone remember WWF wrestling, anybody? Yeah, all right, we got a couple, yep. Junkyard Dog, Macho Man Randy Savage who then really became successful selling Slim Jims, Ultimate Warrior, all these people, Andre the Giant, you know, Hulk Hogan when wrestling was wrestling. But what I see in that is there's these times where they had tag team wrestling. You remember those? And that you would tap out. <laughs> you would you'd like slap the mat or you tap the hand of your partner and they would just come flying in with like a power driver. You're like, Pastor Kevin, that is the most unspiritual illustration I know, but it works for me, right? And I'm just in a place of desperation and I'm in a place where I'm all bound up and I'm just like, 
Holy Ghost. <laughs> Tap it out. Tap it out. And in steps the Holy Spirit. You know, and he just power drives it, man. Maybe that's not your picture of the Holy Ghost, but that's my picture of the Holy Spirit. He's just like, boom. And he just gets the devil in a headlock and he's just like, you know, like that. You're like, I'm done with this church. This place is nuts. No, let me see it the way I see it. You may see it in your own way right there, but I see the Holy Spirit just boom. But there has to be this moment. You see, you, you may be in there struggling. The Holy Spirit's got you in a headlock. You're like on your knees ready to pass out, but you gotta tap out and say, Holy Ghost, Spirit of God, I see you, I trust you. Take it away, take it away, amen? Get involved, get involved. Hebrews chapter five, five through six, let your character or moral disposition be free of the love of money. So there's this idea of being money conscious, fearful, overwhelmed by the need for money. That's kind of like the context that we're talking about. So it's one of these areas where we get pressure. It's one of these areas where we become fearful, this idea of money. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, craving for earthly possessions. Be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you. I'm speaking this over you, church. Listen, these, this individual, this context was talking about people who are afraid of financial ruin. They're afraid and they're grasping for wealth. They're grasping for money. And the, the root of that is they're afraid that God is going to fail them and money will be their savior. Money will not be your savior. If God is not for you, that money is not going to be your savior. Are you understanding? There's a lot of wealthy people that don't have the Lord and they're bankrupt spiritually. They're bankrupt in real life. Okay. So this is God opposing that fear by saying, I, God himself says, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. Somebody celebrate that. This is God himself. I will not, I will not, I will not release my hold on you. This is not about you releasing your hold on him. I'm trying to help you see he will not, he will not, he will not release his hold on you. Your God is for you. He is your helper. He is your standby. He is your advocate. Amen. So take comfort, verse six, and be encouraged confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. Isn't that how panic and anxiety happens? It's like seizes you up. I will not be seized with alarm. Why? Because I am not alone. The Lord will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He said he will not, he will not, he will not in any degree leave me helpless or forsake me or relax his hold on me. Assuredly not. I will not fear or be terrified or dread. What can man do to me? Are you encouraged today, church? I hope so. 
I hope that you can feel the love and the care of God and his spirit over your life, that he is your helper, my helper. And I wrote down just a list. If you look in the notes in the app, I just wrote a long list. I won't go through them and teach each one, but the practicality of the help today. What kind of help do you need? Relationships? Do you need help with relationships? He cares. He can help you with your relationships. Don't limit. Sometimes people want me just to teach on effective relationships. That's awesome. One day I will. But if we don't get this part right about inviting the Holy Spirit in to help us with relationships, no five-point sermon I give you on relationships is going to work. Because the key to all healthy relationships to start with is letting God talk to you about what to do in that relationship. Because I may have advice for you that is just from my experience, has nothing to do with your experience, but God, who knows everything, knows the exact issue. And so being led by the Holy Spirit will help you in your relationships. It's the most practical thing I could teach you is to ask the Holy Spirit to help you and do what he says. Do what he says. The other five steps I'd give you in a relationship will work after that. But if you refuse to listen to the Holy Spirit, nothing I tell you is going to matter. Money. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit can teach us how to prosper. And the wisdom of God is in our wisdom. There's times where God will say to do something when the media is saying this is not the right time economically to do that, but the Holy Spirit is teaching you how to prosper in time of famine. So the helper can teach you to prosper regardless of what's going on in the economy, regardless of Wall Street. Are you hearing me? He is not limited. He'll show you where the money is. He'll show you where the oil is. He'll show you where the gold is in those hills. He'll show you where the fish are that have money in their mouth. <laughs> he'll show you. He'll show you. What do you need help with today? Health, healing, power of the Holy Spirit. And also lead you and even talk to you about things to change in your diet. Even th doctors to go to that will have the answer that you need. Can we pray about what doctor rather than just going through the phone book to the closest one? Are you understanding what I'm saying? How often are we letting him get involved? Healing, health, inner strength. We've talked about that. Physical strength. Do you know the Holy Spirit can give us physical strength as well? Anyone ever seen the story of Samson? That's physical strength. Sometimes we have this image of Samson being this big bodybuilder guy, like because of our movies and cartoons we used to watch. My vision of Samson is that he's this scrawny little Where's Waldo looking guy. And when the Holy Spirit came on him, he starts like ripping the city gates off. And you say, well, that doesn't, why would that? Because in my brain, it had nothing to do with the muscles on Samson's arms. It had to do with the might of God that came upon Samson. And that's just my testimony. So when we get to heaven one day, we'll see. If you want your muscular Samson, we'll see. If you get up there and see Waldo, you'll see Pastor Kevin was right. Pastor Kevin was right. Elijah outran horses under the anointing of the Spirit of God. Do you know the Spirit of God can affect our physical strength? Amen. Fear and anxiety, the Holy Spirit can help with that. Do you need favor walking into a project? Favor walking into business? Favor walking into a government thing with our city? Maybe some permits passing or whatever? Look at the life of Abraham. Look at the life of Joseph. And you can see how God favored these individuals in supernatural 
ways. I'm just trying to help you see that the Holy Spirit's help is so practical. He can get involved in everything that concerns you. You need wisdom, you need strategy. Look at David and how God would speak to David about how to do wage a good warfare and be successful. Look at strategies, how God gave Solomon wisdom beyond anyone in the whole world, gave him the ability to understand and comprehend things beyond anyone in the whole world, his ability to retain, his ability to understand complex things. That's the Spirit of God. That wasn't just Solomon making himself smart. That's the wisdom of God coming upon an individual to understand things like botany and astronomy and science and all these different things and to become very prosperous with that understanding. Have you asked the Holy Spirit to help you with understanding and wisdom and knowledge? Miracles, insight, all these things. Here's what I'm gonna do. Let me give you a real quick how-to and we're gonna close in a word of worship, in a time of worship. Write this down. How do I do this, Pastor Kevin? How do I engage this help? Number one, be aware of it. You gotta be aware of it. Some of you are like, I didn't even know I could ask the Holy Spirit to help me in these areas, in these issues. Number one, be made aware of it. Faith comes by hearing, the Bible says. Number two, ask. Ask for help. Say, help me, Holy Spirit. No, you guys are falling off the side. Come on now. Ask. Say, help me, Holy Spirit. I am not alone. So number one, be aware of it. Number two, ask for it. Number three, begin to expect. Expect. Start listening. Start listening. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me about my relationships? What are you saying to me about business? What are you saying to me about my health? Where are you leading me? Where are you guiding me? What is it that you would have me do? Start to expect to hear. Start to expect to hear. And then lastly, worship and thanksgiving while you wait for it. Worship and thanksgiving while you wait for it. Would you stand up, please? Here's what I want to do. I want to carve out five more minutes. Can you say five minutes? I do not want to preach this into your life and then just let it die on the sides. I want to practice. I want to open up this sanctuary for the next five minutes. We have space here on the side, space here, space all the way up front. Can you dim the lights just a little bit? Just bring it down to a little bit of like, you know, private kind of mo mood. I'm going to invite you to find a spot with God for the next five minutes. And we're going to go back to that song about God is with you. You're not by yourself. I am not alone. Your spirit is within me. I will walk in your peace. I want you to do what we just said. I want you to do I want you to be aware of what we just said. He's your helper. I want you to ask. I want you to expect and I want you to worship and just listen. You can get on your knees. You can stand. I want you to find a place in this sanctuary where you are with the Holy Spirit and I want you to begin to invite him in to help you in whatever it is that's concerning you. Could you go make some space? Go ahead, move out, move out. Please do this. Please do this. We're just gonna take five more minutes. I want us to practice asking for help in whatever area it is, listening, expecting, and worshiping. I want us to practice this, this is important. This will help you remember what we're doing, to be doers of the word right away. Not tomorrow, say, I'll do it tomorrow. No, do it today. What's concerning you? Marriage, finances, health, family, the church, the country, news. Let's ask the Holy Spirit right now. Come on in, start asking God listening and I want you to begin to understand what he's saying. Let him speak to you. They're going to sing. I want you to listen, worship, ask, listen, worship, ask, listen.
Can we sing it all in one voice? Say hallelujah. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.